This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. to your own to your OF that I saw that you have. I didn't know you had that. So I can't be I can't be dissing the OnlyFans. <laughs> you better not be dissing the OnlyFans. Everybody's got their own dance. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got their own thing. We have our own uh walks to walk and our own uh brands to push. And I, how long have you had that? I have had that for table. Okay. Out? How is it working out? Um sometimes really really well. As you can imagine, sometimes it might cause conflict because, in my personal opinion, people can be quite close-minded and judgmental. Um, Such as I can sometimes, so I'm right there with you. (laughs) um, I mean, it's easy. Like, it's fun. Like, you, you know, you get all these people that, like, they know you as a wrestler and stuff and, like, they want to, to see more of you and, like... I spend a lot of time in the gym, you know, I work hard on my body. So like, yep. I'll do like a lot of photo shoots, like at the beach or at the pool, no different really to the women in wrestling that, yep. you know, we'll do beach shoots and stuff like that. Do you have <laughs> like a lot of friends help you? Do you hire a professional each time? Like, cause that can be really expensive. Um, a little bit of both. So Got it. I'll, I'll have either a friend help me shoot or I'll mm-hmm. get a, a, a legit photographer for it. But uh, kind of like the way I look at it is like, I go to the gym so much, uh, like half of my life revolves around eating and nutrition and all that shit. Yep. You know, if I have worked to sculpt my body, yep. and I can monetize that. Yep. It's the same thing I do in pro wrestling. Like I yep. wear trunks in pro wrestling. If I do a beach shoot, I wear, um, you know, beach trunks. <laughs> but, you know, people, I guess when they hear the word, sometimes people get... Is it all word. exclusive content? Is it all that content or do you do stuff that's like because i do on patreon i do like a sexy locks tier but it's not nude so is all um, your stuff nude or do you ever do stuff? no no absolutely not. absolutely not. um there's a there's quite a bit of sexiness um <laughs> i mean do you my, think you uh, have do you think you have more guys or more girls definitely more guys really all right yeah, yeah. Women, women don't um pay for that kind of service as much as men do Interesting. Which, um, yeah I, I have a female friend who is pretty successful in that genre and was telling me exactly the reality of it and i was oh. like you know what i'm gonna break the mold i'm gonna be i set a demographic and everything i'm, gonna, I'm like okay 30 to 55 women female i'm gonna have that shit on lock um but no, i haven't gotten there yet but i will I think all of it's so fascinating and it's so amazing how you can market yourself compared to when I was growing up and there was, you know, wasn't a lot that you could really do. And now sky's the limit and it's how much you want to get off your ass, how much you want to work, how much you want to try. And I just was looking you up and studying some of the things. I didn't realize that you were such an accomplished wrestler. I didn't realize that you've been doing this for as long as it as you have, I would think that NWA would be blessed and so lucky to have you. And I know that they've worked with you and used you for a while. Let's talk about your journey. Cause I mean, it's new, 
it's new to me. I met you one night when I was at the the hotel post NWA power shooting and I got to see you there. And I, I know we've run into each other before that, but you were so kind and so chill and cool. And I was having a bad night with some things and you were very kind and understanding, gave me this cool little Buddha sticker gimmick and you're, you're great. You're a really great listener. Like, let's go back to your, your career. And then I know that you've got your dojo, that you train people to be, I mean, you just, you do it all. So yeah. let's, let's go back let's talk and talk about all things. that fun stuff. But What's that? Sure you, let's talk about all that fun stuff, but I don't know if you can catch this on your camera or not. I can. Let's see. Let me put my glasses on so I can catch it real time. That's your little Buddha. That's my Buddha. So that this came with the little um, uh, Buddha um, sticker that I gave you. Oh, did you have that on the night that you gave me the Buddha sticker? I don't I think did. you did. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I always, I always wear this. I'll have this on. Um, usually that and my... Um, peace sign with the um pendant on it okay um or one or the other but yeah usually the boot is always on there i love and, it uh, yeah it was cool meeting you i retained what you said and i promise i'll get to all those questions but i just wanted to point out it was really cool meeting you and like yeah you didn't know these things because you didn't meet chris ovio esquire in nashville or mr x squire in nashville and who's uh, the psychedelic? Who's the psychedelic guy? What's that all about? Chris Silvio. You just met. You just met Chris. Oh, and, I gotcha. And um, what was cool is, um, you know, you and I both have this that we shared. You know, we had a, we developed a real special bond of just two humans meeting one night and yep. uh, just being there for one another. So, um, I've liked you since the moment I met you, and now I get to talk to you. Show you're a badass chick. How sweet. Um, I know I can be sometimes. No, you meet some really good. You meet some really good people in this business. I didn't really realize that till hindsight. You know, like I was so caught up in the moment when I was in my debut with pro wrestling, and this whole podcast is like usually my redemption and apologizing to everybody and not understanding <laughs> how great all these people were, these men and women that I worked with. I had no idea all of the ECW, WCW. I, I didn't know shit. I didn't know who I, Scott Hall, oh, who's this? You know, I didn't, I didn't know anything. So now it's redemption. And, you know, I, there's a lot of really, really great people in, in this business. And I'm just blessed to be a tiny little speck of it and get a chance to interview people like you and just hear your story. And this is a whole different audience that I have than the other yeah. podcasts that you've been on. Some repeat offenders, but that's a lot of new people. And it's just cool to hear what's going on and, and promote and, and and just plug and push what's happening for you because you're a good guy. So the floor is yours. I mean, I'll ask my questions, but yes, let's start um, out. I do like repeat offenders, so I'm glad there are a few of those in the house. Yes. Um, yes, I've uh, I've been with NWA. Actually, this is going to be my two year anniversary. Ha! And he's out. <laughs> All right. There's your two-year two-year anniversary, and he's okay, out. Take two. Boom. <laughs> two-year yeah, anniversary. My, my two-year anniversary of NWA. Um, it was really strange coming into the company. Actually, um, I came in for Empower, their first all-women's pay-per-view, and uh, a good friend of mine, Brent, was one of the main behind-the-scenes people of that show, along with Mickey James and some other great talent. And um, I just came in to lend a hand to Brent and um, ended up, you know, 
helping out with the event and agenting the um, being one of the agents. There's a few of us in the uh, main event match, which was the Burke Cup, uh, okay. Milton Burke Cup, where they did like this. It was one of those situations, and being around wrestling as long as you have, you know, the more people you put into a ring, the more chance of disaster. Train wreck. Yeah, and there were people of all levels of experience. We had like, you know, I'm not going to name names, but um, you know, we had people in there with six months' experience, a year, and then we also had people that have been doing this for a decade. So it was going to be a wild ride. But I, I thought we put it together really well, and the girls kicked ass, and I was so freaking proud of all of them. Um, I'm not like, a, like you're my buddy, so if I see you, I'm probably gonna hug you. Like you're lovable, but at work, I tend to be pretty professional. Like I'll kind of give the girls like bro daps and stuff, you know. But I was so happy with their performance after. Like I think I probably hugged all of them. Like I can't believe we made it through it, and it was a great match. But um, yeah, so I came just to do that, and. Um, like oh so you kind of know how to do production I was like yeah kind of and um they asked me if i would help uh stage manage for nwa 73 what does that mean tell the people that are listening like what does it really mean to be a stage manager in wrestling stage manager um a lot of people have heard of the gorilla position named after the late great gorilla monsoon Um, it's basically the staging area where the uh, athletes and performers will be before they go to the ring so one of the many duties of the stage manager um, is to make sure that the show is running like clockwork, um, especially on pay-per-view, because as you know, on pay-per-view, you don't have a minute to waste. Time is money. Um, so, you know, I have to be on my headset to line up this person here at this time, make sure this match is ready to go. Um, as soon as the director gives me the cue, I send them through the curtain um sometimes it's it sucks a little bit sometimes like for me because i'm a performer too so i get it like people do this thing like they have a song and they want to walk out at like a particular part of the song like when the cool beat drops or something and i'll hear i'll hear my buddy uh billy the director in my ear like all right send them out they gotta go and i'm like all right time to go and uh they're looking at me like no no no, we gotta the beats gotta drop or whatever and i'm just shoving them through the curtain like all right buddy you gotta go sorry your beat ain't dropping tonight. Tonight's not your night. So yeah, we, uh, we uh, organize, make sure everyone gets out there. Uh, okay. We keep time. Um, I'm always on the headset, like stuff that I do. Like I'm a little bit different to an average stage manager because I have so much vast pro wrestling experience. Um, I've been involved in wrestling since I was 17. So um, absolutely my entire life I've been involved in professional wrestling and more than half of my life in general. Um, so I, I am on the headset all the time, communicating things about things that may be happening in the match that need to be shot at a certain time. Okay. Or, um, you know, uh, catching um, certain visuals or moments. What makes a great pro wrestling match um, as you know, is not necessarily the moves that you do, but the uh, emotion and intent behind it. So, like, let's say you and I are having this match, and it's like an intergender match, and um, I'm just using like all these wrestling holds to tie you up, and I'm punking you, and then finally you get fed up. That shot of you getting fed up and firing up, getting ready to do the Ralphie off a of Christmas story comeback where you tackle me and beat, beat my ass like Scott Fargus. We got to get that facial shot, facial shot of you or the story ain't going to come out right. 
so a uh, big part of my job there is, you know, making sure the story is tell, told correctly in the way the performers want. And, do you do you find that most of the people are ready to go or are they dinking around in the back and you got to go haul some asses up or are most people where they need to be? It's gotten better. Had you asked me this two years ago, I would say, fuck yeah. And yeah. Then, I would be putting jackets on people sometimes. Like, but now everybody's like clockwork. And, um, you know, I've established myself there. I've been there long enough. Like, do the stage manager role. I, I do some work as an agent, producer as well. I'm an on-air talent doing the uh, managing thing. Um, that hopefully very, very soon, as in, like, next taping, we'll be transitioning to an in-ring role. So um, yeah. I, have that, I have that kind of rapport with the crew, and I'm not a dick. So like they know if Chris comes up to you and tells you something, it's probably like in your best interest. Like I'm not gonna come up and tell you something that isn't true. (laughs) So if I give them the Iggy, they know me well enough to be like, okay, I suppose it's time for me to do whatever the fuck it is he's telling me to do. You made a really interesting point that I just thought of again. And I I, I know this and I I think I'm having dinner with somebody next week. I, I just messaged him and said, are we still on? But when you're like that moment that when you're getting ready to get fired up, like the, the feeling and the intent, it's like, so a lot of that is on the camera crew as well. You know, like you forget like how skilled that it's usually guys. I haven't seen a lot of camera women, but maybe there are since I've been heavily involved in wrestling. I'll agree with you. I've not seen a camera. Okay. It's so the cameramen that are, it's just, there's so, and I remember hearing people getting real hot when stuff like was, missed and you know and it's like they really have to follow the action and like the person that i'm gonna meet with i met in 2002 at tna in the fairgrounds he was the one of the camera uh, directors lighting director and now he's doing a bunch of stuff with uh, aew and you know it's just like me as a photographer chris and doing all the hustles that i do like that like just the lighting and getting those angles is just so so important and it's it's very important to just acknowledge all the things that go on behind the scenes that make this product so amazing yes and i I think one of the things that endeared me a lot to the the talent there and helped me build a rapport other than i'm generally one of the coolest cats in the room like it's pretty hard not to get along with me like you have to be a real dick not to get along with me um i made it a point and there was a time where I would go. I don't have to do this anymore, thankfully, because we've upped our uh, our game a little bit. I would make it a point to go to every single match. And we might be shooting 50 matches that day with my notebook. And I would say, okay, what do you need me to catch on camera? Oh, okay. And it might be a facial. I remember one, Aaron Stevens, one example. He Mm -hmm. did this thing where um, he would sit in the corner while his opponent was down and he would give him these elbows, like vicious elbows. And he's like, I need to catch that and my face with the elbows. Sure enough, when the elbows come, boom, we're right there. So part of it was like me being one of the boys, like I know how pissed I get when people, you know, miss my stuff. Um, So I did that as a courtesy to them and it would help the product overall. So I, it, it built my rapport with the boys, but also with the production team, the director, management, and everything, um, you know, because it shows I clearly know my shit. And, it's so uh, funny the language that wrestling has, and I'm so happy that I know it. 
It's just such a language, such a carny. Did I use it? Did I use it? Yeah, it's just funny. It's just like the way that you're like, oh, my God, I'm good with the boys. Like, okay, some people might be like, what the hell is he talking about? Or what what boys? Or, you know, I'm just like, we're not talking about children. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got the men. He's got a real good rapport with those boys. That's another show (laughs) on another network. Yeah. No, you are. You're real, real cool, real chill. And it was nice because I knew, like, I knew that you'd show up today. I knew that you just wouldn't be a complete conceited bo- god there is somebody that i'm ugh, i'm working on their podcast right now and it's like i i can just i can barely stomach even listening to cut sound bites it's just so like cringe and then somebody today that i had i actually canceled them i came up with an excuse because i the more i researched them i'm like i don't even bro i don't even want you on my fucking show like you're a big deal and everything but you're just so fucking gross like i just ugh. People that are listening to this podcast right now, I know who they all are. Like, they're salt of the earth. The people on Russo's brand, they're just great human beings. The people on my Patreon that support, I know them all. I know I know who their families are. I know their kids or they don't have kids or if they're gay or if they're straight or they're in the closet or they're this or that. It's like they're good people and I know them really well. And I was just like, I don't even want to bring this douchebag fucking guest on this podcast but i was like oh i was looking forward to yours that's why i canceled them this other guy i was just like i've got chris tonight i know he's just gonna be cool and chill and it's gonna be a great conversation and i don't even want to do that to myself like i'd rather hustle and scratch up another guest to cover the one that i canceled because i just don't i don't want that in in my life like i don't need that energy (laughs) you're you're humble you're you're and you're in good shape and you're a great looking guy and You've got all this great stuff going on and you're just, you're not a dick. So I can see why the boys, you would be over with the boys and, and be able to be really great at your job, whether it be producing or whether it be a stage manager or in ring or whatnot. And I want to get to that later. Like what we're talking about with next taping, keep on going. So you've got this great rapport with the boys. Everybody knows you're the bomb. Yes. And you're, you're disgusting. Yes. You really sold me on that when you did the after I was like, wow, that must have been. Dude, a- oh, the stories I can tell you. There's just, there's some stories. You know what I saved my The story, the stories I save, I've been putting on my Patreon. Like, here's what the conundrum I'm in. I can't post this anywhere and I can't tell anybody about it. But it's nice, right. to, tell the, it's nice to be able to tell the patrons that this is the fucked up shit in my life <laughs> whatever but yeah off air I, right. I have so many of those that I threatened to put into a book one day. I right? I've, yeah, yeah. I published the book already, by the way. Okay, uh, please tell us. What is it's it? It's available on Amazon.com. Um, I don't know. Really, Chris.com? <laughs> Thank you for letting us know. It's been a long fucking day. <laughs> Who does not know what suffix? Well, I don't know. You know. Maybe my mom's listening to this. She might not know how to get on it. Amazon, um, paperback and Kindle. It's okay. called... Uh, 50 Ways to Live the Life of Your Dreams by Chris Sylvia. Wow. It was like 11 bucks, dude. To steal. Wow. Let's plug that. Check that out. What uh, inspired you to write this book? A bad day? What? What happened? <laughs> no, um, I'd gotten, I've had a lot of trials and tribulations in life, and we'll cover all these maybe in like three or four installments of the, uh, <laughs> you know, Chris Silvio. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Um, but um, around 2014-ish, um, I was started kind of dividing my time between the States and Europe, the UK in particular. 
and was doing a lot of wrestling work out there and living. Really? Out. Yeah. And, um, and then I ended up living in Italy for a while, um, helping run a wrestling school and an upstart wrestling promotion. I had no uh, idea. That actually became the top promotion in Italy. Um, but anyway, somewhere along that way, um, I got into studying mindfulness and meditation. And it really, um, you know, struck a chord with me, a positive chord. I was never like a mean or negative person, like, don't get me wrong. But um, I kind of realized some of the thoughts I, you know what it's like being young in the business, like it's, you know, 22, 25 year old kid in wrestling. Um, you know, it's a, your brain's not necessarily wired um, for all the shit you're going to experience. No. So uh, there were a lot of negative people around me and I let a lot of negative thoughts seep into me. Um, you know, again, like I never took those out on people, but I just kind of got a better understanding of basically how to take any kind of toxicity out of your life and, um, just live a life of happiness and do the things you want. Um, and I tell this to people all the time, like, uh, I'm a coach at death proof dojo mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I really motivate these guys and, uh, I'm a, and girls, I'm an incredibly hands-on coach. I tell all of my students, like, I'm 24-7. And they take that quite literally. I'll get a 1.30 a.m. message. It could be as stupid as, like, hey, coach, I was at a show today, and I got heat with this guy. What should I do? I'm like, we couldn't talk about this tomorrow. It had to be 1 o'clock. Um, you know, or it could be something productive, like, hey, I just had this great match. Thank you for everything you've taught me. But um, I believe in developing people and what I do with my crew, um, I want to make them tough because this is a tough business, but I don't want to just develop them as wrestlers. I want to develop them as professional wrestlers, meaning they do this for a living. And I also want to develop them as humans. So like the probably the number one rule of my gym is no dicks. Um, I should have a flashing sign outside. Um, but yeah, like if you're not cool, you're not getting in the door. Um, but I figured out a while ago, like, whatever it is that you wanted to do. I've never written a book before. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty intelligent guy. I read a lot. I wanted to write a book, so I did it. Um, I didn't really know how to go about getting into pro wrestling. I found out, and I did it. And I've wrestled all over the world and with nearly every major company. Um, you're a musician. Um, I'm a musician as well. I gave up the performing aspect of that probably 15 years ago, roughly. Okay. Uh, I wanted to be in a band. I got in a band. So this book kind of just tells you like little practical things of whatever it is that you want to do. Here's how to go about doing that. And I firmly believe that. Like wow. if I wanted to become a, you know, a freaking pilot next month, I have no doubt that I could do that if it's something that I wanted to do. That's you really interesting. Me? What's the name of it again? 50 ways to live the life of your dreams. All right. By Chris Silver. 50 ways. Interesting. Congratulations. That's a really big deal. And I kind of borrowed it off the Paul Simon song. I got, yeah. I was going to say to leave you lover, but I didn't want to make that, make that fun. Yo, that, that beat when it hits, ooh. Like I wouldn't push someone out through the curtain on that one. I'd let him show. But yeah, let's talk about wrestling. Um, so well, no, that's much... really, 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 really cool. Like, I, I, I had no idea. And that's a, that's a huge feather in your cap, and I'm going to definitely go check it out. 
yeah, I'd appreciate that. That would be really cool. And feel free to leave me a five-star review on Amazon.com. Yes. Make sure you put the .com in there so that I can find the website. Just so you know. And also, there's like an HTTP thing, too. You might. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bro. That's Neither here nor there, ma'am. That's um, a little yeah. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you, sweetheart. And I'm proud of you because you're always doing awesome shit. Oh, I'm um, definitely trying. You want to talk about wrestling? I'd love to talk about wrestling. Yeah, let's talk wrestling. But so, I do. I want to talk about your JoJo as well, too, and things that we can promote. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so my wrestling journey um, started uh, when I was, I don't know, maybe around 10-ish. Um, I got involved in collegiate-style wrestling, um, and I loved it and love it to this day, and I'm still active. Um, and uh, somewhere around early high school, I discovered that there were actual, I always just kind of thought like pro wrestlers were like mythical creatures. Like they just got selected by the gods to okay. play this role. Like I didn't know that there was a process to go about it. And somewhere is that in there, your book? Um, no, this is not autobiographical. Okay. So, but my next book, this will be in it. Um, so I, I discovered in early high school that there were actually places that were And the first place I went to definitely did not teach me. But anyway, sorry for another day. But um, I started learning that, oh, shit, this is something I actually could do. So um, I had to get through high school first, obviously. And at the time, I wanted to wrestle in college and I wanted to be an Olympian. Um, But I started wrestling my junior year and I had my first match my junior year. And as soon as I had that match... Like, 90% of my brain was like, fuck the Olympics. This is where I belong. Um, so I, uh, you know, I pretty much hit, hit the ground. Like, my coaches didn't even know that I was wrestling. It's kind of funny. They didn't find out until, like, 15 years later. I was headlining an ROH show in my hometown, and the newspaper had found, or the NBC, I think, had found my um, high school wrestling coaches. And they were like, hey, were you aware that Chris was training and doing wrestling, like, while he was on your team, they're like, holy shit, I had no idea. I know he liked wrestling. It was very athletic, but no, he fucking pulled the wool over our eyes. Um, so yeah, that's that's how my journey started. And um, I ended up promoting very early too. Like I promoted, um, I would say over 300 shows personally, um, in addition to like producing for other people. Wow, um, Chris. I, I, wow. Promoted my, I promoted my first show at 18. Okay, 18. 18. Shit. How did you do it? Printed out posters, invited all my friends, my family. I lived on the college campus. So, you know, there's a bunch of kids there into stuff. I'm like, do you guys like beer? Yes. Do you guys like fun? Do you like violence? Do you like hot dudes and hot chicks? Yes, yes, yes. Here you go. Come watch this. Aw, I love it. Yeah, that promotion actually ran very successfully for about seven years. Wow. That's no easy feat. I know how hard it is. It's hard to get five people there, let alone as many, it sounds like, that came your way. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a point, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, uh, old school vet talk it and say we had, you know, sellouts every night and people hanging off the rafters. But I would say at our peak, like the highest crowds we were drawing were seven to nine hundred. Oh, that's huge. For an indie show. That's huge. That's for anybody's show. 
That's a big deal. Some bullshit. But um, I left there um, because I I was a wrestler already, but I wanted the professional part. Like that's a part of who I am, for better for worse, is I always want more, and not in a selfish way, but like. I get bored with complacency. Like I yep. want to learn. I want to learn something new. Or if I'm good at this, I want to get better at it. If I'm at this level, why shouldn't I be at this level? Um, so that's when I did the OVW developmental thing mm-hmm. and um, started figuring out how to make this thing into a career. Um, OVW taught me a lot, and um, I owe a lot of that to Rip Rogers. So huge thank you to him. Um, he, uh, he, Rip, I knew how to wrestle, but Rip taught me how to work. Um, so What's the difference knew. between a wrestler and a worker? Uh, so wrestling is like body. You know how to move someone's body. You know how to do moves. A worker knows how to um, elicit the emotion that they desire from the audience. So I try to explain this to my students sometimes, and it looks like I'm I'm speaking like a alien form of French sometimes when I talk to them. I, I get it. Well, you get it because you're in the know. Um, but like I'll try to explain to them like some of my matches, I will design to make the audience cry at the end. What's up, everyone? It's Goldie Impact Wrestling, TLC's Cheapskates, Ted Nugent's Running Wild from him somewhere in the woods, and maybe you've seen our band, Goldilocks Band. We're out there, we're on tour, but now we're connecting on Cameo. So I want to tell you that I'm here to be your humble servant, and that's whatever you need said for you, for a friend, a shout-out, a golden shout-out, you name it, here and on it. Now, just reminding you, keep it classy, keep it cool, and keep it above the belt. But I want to offer you something a little bit uh, a little bit different. Just remember, if I'm not on the road and I've got access to these next beauties, we can always have... We want to make this the most amazing experience for you ever because you deserve it. Your friends deserve it. Your loved ones deserve it. And just remember... I can sing you a few lines of a song. It can be from from anywhere. Like, uh, it can be from somewhere over the rainbow. Or it could be near, far, wherever you are. It could even be Need to be from there. Oh, and keep in mind, not all requests are the same. Maybe your motivation comes with a harder edge. Maybe you need a more jagged little pill. There's nothing that I love more than playing the heel. So if you need your message delivered with more, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intention? Please specify. Can't wait to connect with you on Cameo. Thanks so much for being here. Stay golden.